right here on HGB Canada. Got a few announcements for you before we start. I would like to tell you that we are going to be, just a second here, we got a call coming in. And hello. Boy, hello there. <laughs> How are you doing? I am doing awesome, thank you. Awesome. Well, we just went to air and we are getting ready to play one of your tunes. Do you want to hang out with us for a minute? I sure do. Okay. So, everybody, we have got Bear on the phone, and he is the man without a band down in Nova Scotia. Is that right? That is completely true. I am a man without a band, but not for long. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this project that you have going. It's very unique, and it's uh, it was just in the it was a Kings County paper there not too long ago. It was, <laughs> and uh, we 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 just had some national exposure. Long and McQuaid shared it through at all of their eighty locations, and I've been getting an incredible response from the musicians, and I'm just I'm really excited. Oh, well, it's not going to be long before you find a band then. That's true. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the track that um, we're going to play here. It's Dirt Road Home, and it's called Hello. Is that right? It is. Hello. This is my sad opener. This is my go-to song. Um, I wrote it uh, because, you know, we get to that point in life when you meet somebody and you're just like, well, if you don't say hello, you will never know what could be. And most of the time it turns out, well, you know, not so well, but we keep trying. All right. So we're going to give that a listen right now and uh, we're going to be right back.
we are back with Bear from, is it the Annapolis Valley you're living at right now? I am in the Annapolis Valley of Nova Scotia, and I'll tell you, 20 degrees today, and I was at the beach first thing this morning. I am so jealous. I used to live in Wolfville, and I loved it down there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I'm glad you're coming out of the valley to do some projects. So we were just talking off air there for a few minutes, and while the song was playing, and uh, you've got quite a project going on here. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Um, I got into it accidentally. Uh, I was initially trying to put together a five-piece band here in the Annapolis Valley back in November. And when you have such a small pool of musicians to draw from, you know, there may be a half dozen uh, professional quality drummers in the Valley. And out of those, well, I'm sure there's way more than that. But I mean, when we look at the pool of musicians, how many of those have the same interests, the same availability, the same taste in music? So, you know, it gets to be a small pond for fishing out of very quickly. I can so imagine, that, yeah. That uh, led me to, well, maybe I need to be looking further a scope. And I asked myself realistically, how far can I look? And the answer was, uh, well, the, the, the limitations are just... Uh, they're not there anymore because of the digital age. If I want to collaborate with musicians on the other side of the planet, it's as easy as clicking a couple of buttons now. Uh, but for touring purposes, I limited myself geographically to Canada. I'm a nationalist. I love this country, and I think we could uh, put together a national band and just be the rock and roll ambassadors. Well, speaking of rock and roll, rock and roll has taken quite a hit over the last 10, 15 years, and it's um, in the in the mainstream society anyway it's not what it used to be it's not like back in the Rolling Stones days or even ACDC and, and those types of groups how do you see rock and roll um, uh, um, rising from the ashes now and and taking a hold of that as indie artists and making something uh, happen with it again rock and roll doesn't need to rise from the ashes if you look at any period throughout the 1950s up to modern day, we have always had well-established artists and emerging artists of the rock and roll genre. Uh, you know, they may have had to compete with more and more musical artists as the industry bloomed into other genres and such. Uh, but, you know, rock and roll never had to rise from the ashes. We just, you know, maybe our, our fans are underground a little bit more. I agree with you, and I just quoted that just because that is what is uh, been put out there, that uh, certain genres are kind of dead. But... You know, they said that about outlaw country too, and I've noticed that. Oh, it's not. It's you're you're right. It's underground. It's uh, that's where the fan base is, and uh, they're going. Yeah, we're all listening. Mm -hmm. We're all listening on our devices, in our studios, in our basements, in our bedrooms, in our cars. Uh, you know, you you don't necessarily have to go out to find live music anymore. We have way more options than just AM FM radio. This is a whole new day and age, so we are having our musical needs satisfied, but there is still that percentage of the population that wants to go out there and engage with the band at a live show. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, how, how are you finding, um, um, what's, what's the scene like? Tell us what the scene likes in, in Annapolis Valley and Nova Scotia in general. Uh, the scene for live music, yeah, well, it's pretty hard just because of the population base. And also because of the demographics, demographics of our population were older and older. And, you know, going out at 9 or 10 o'clock at night to see a band just isn't cutting it anymore. I think we really need to, you know, bring it to 7 p.m. so people can come enjoy the live music and be home at a reasonable hour. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, people work, too. I mean, even the young people. I, I remember reading a study not too long ago that young people would like to go out, too, but they have children and whatnot. And... They're tired yes. by the end of the day, and earlier shows would be easier on them as well. Do you think the industry, the, the venues are going to catch on to this and say, like, you know, let's do earlier shows? Are any doing it now? I don't know if any are doing it, but I did hear that St. John, Newfoundland, was looking into doing that because, you know, their entire town is built on their bar and live music industry, and they have noticed that the patrons just aren't coming out and staying as long anymore. I know. I was, I was speaking with a uh, mover and shaker there in London, Ontario, Jim McCormick, and he was uh, he was saying the same thing that uh, um, um, like you will get a certain crowd out from the ten o'clock to two o'clock thing. He said, but they need to mix it up and and have earlier shows for that demographic yeah. that doesn't want to go out that late at night. Have to accommodate us old rockers. Yeah, that's right. Because you know what, where where the money is still. <laughs> 
It's true. The the majority of the fan base, if you can believe the analytics from the websites and stuff, uh, from 45 to 65 is the demographic right now for Dirt Road Home Music. Uh, And that's great because I fit right in there and all my heroes are from that period. Absolutely. You know, and... Look look at Mick Jagger, too. He's such a great example because he was so he's wise. He's an inspiration. <laughs> he is. Uh, um, and especially, you know, Buddy Guy. He's 80 years old. He's still out touring and winning, winning Grammys. B.B. King stayed on the road until he died. Clapton's on the road. Uh, this isn't a young man's game. This The entertainment business and rock and roll is for rockers. Absolutely. And uh, you're, you're getting me excited listening to this because, you know, you hear so many negative things, but... Really, you know, there's so many good things to celebrate and get excited about. And, you know, people, oh, I get so upset with them when they say, oh, well, I'm old now and I can't do this. No, you're as old as you let yourself be. Isn't that right? It is so true. It is so true. And uh, I feel right now as excited as I was when I was 13 and I first picked up a guitar. This is this what is emerging with Man Without a Band and the potential of what could happen with this is absolutely blowing my mind. So you said there earlier that you were getting a lot of attention and you've been on some um, media. Tell us a little bit about yes. where you've been guesting and uh, what kind of attention is coming your way. Right now, I've been using a lot of the social media platforms through Facebook. Um, I was able to work out an arrangement with Long and McQuaid to get some, like I say, some national exposure through them. Um, Once they were willing to buy into the concept of Man Without a Band and how we can change the way people see about forming bands and how they can collaborate and what the music industry means now to independent artists. Uh, they thought, you know, this is good content, this is something we can get behind, how can we help you? I said, well, the first thing's first, we need to get the word out there, because the first question musicians been asking me lately are, is this for real? They see this on Kijiji, well, what's up with this? But now that Long and McQuaid has signed on to the project, uh, you know, and, and supports what we're doing, it adds a lot of authenticity to the program, and the musicians are starting to come out of the woodwork. So, exactly what is the project? Can you explain that a little bit to our listeners? Yep, absolutely. The project is, um, well, the outcome for the project is, obviously, I want to build a five-piece band with me in the uh, position of lead vocals, uh, rhythm guitar, harmonica. I enjoy uh, being the front man very much, but I wanted to fill those other roles. Uh, Looking for a lead guitar player, bass player, drummer, and a keyboardist, um, ideally. Anybody who's interested, the first thing they would do is stop by the website, CD Baby, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, the music's all over the place. Back in January, I just started demoing all of my songs. Uh, I've written 85 songs, so I was able to get through about 35 of them, demoed them, published them. Now, as a musician, you can take a good listen and say, is this the type of music I could go out and play for three or four hours a night, five, six nights a week, for, you know, for the rest of my professional career? Um, if you think this is some good music, then I want to hear from you. The audition process starts by Carla says, you know, I do want to play guitar for these guys. Go to the website, pick out your favorite song. You'll see there is a tab on the website, www.dirtroadhome.info. Go to the backing tracks tab, look for your favorite song. It would say perhaps, um, hello, backing track guitar. So your guitars, you would grab that one. Backing track drummer, et cetera, et cetera. Then you start practicing. Grab a video camera, grab some earphones, play along to the backing track, record yourself, um, post the video to YouTube, send me the link. That's how the audition process would start. The road trip is so that once I can determine which musicians I'm interested in meeting, I'll plan my route and I will just start hitting every province, meeting every musician, doing a second audition. Uh, I'm really interested in the person's uh personality and their chemistry that we're going to have together uh you know and obviously if they they've demonstrated they have the chops in their video that's why i'm there now i'm there to meet the person um and if they're interested it's a mobile recording studio hey let's lay some tracks down right here right now by the time the road trip is done i start in nova scotia i head out west to british columbia i come back i do newfoundland come back to nova scotia about sixteen thousand kilometers there good um by then I'll decided, you know, 
these are the musicians I want to work with. I've, I'll have spoken to them, offered them the position. Uh, hopefully they're on board. And at that point, uh, you know, we finish a new album and, and sky's the limit. That is phenomenal. And just the experience of, of what you're explain, uh, you know, you've just explained is going to be incredible. I can see a book coming out of this down the road. Right. Well, there might be a book. Um, the web series actually came out of the the planning process. Obviously, I want to document some of it. But when I look at documenting the whole thing, this could make a wicked web series. Uh, so I did up a, um, a proposal and I sent it off to three of the major broadcasting companies in Canada. I've made it through the initial screening with all three of them. Um, they've all liked the pitch. They've all said this is something we'll want to talk about further. Um, so between now and when I leave on the road trip in July, hopefully we'll have uh, come up to an agreement to, with one of those companies for broadcasting rights. And there is a possibility already for a second season of material, which would include, okay, now the new band gets together. We rent a house for a month, we rehearse, then we go out on tour uh, and uh, document that process also. This is really exciting stuff. And how did you even come up with this idea? What, what sparked it? Necessity, Carla, necessity. Um, you know, every time I was waiting on a musician, somebody couldn't make it, oh, the, the, you know, the babies are sick, um, I got to go to work, I would just go into the studio and, you know, continue working on demos and demos and demos. And I got to tell you, my wife is super supportive. She'll be around the house singing the songs and she'll say, you know, that could be the song because it takes one song to catch on. That's the right. Thing is, you know, traditionally a band would get together and the five musicians would try to write songs or uh, to go out and support an album on tour, unknown. This way, Canada can listen to the songs in advance, engage with the songs, like the songs, be engaged with the process of recruiting musicians. I'll be posting audition videos. Let me know what you think about these musicians. Um, I'm also going to collaborate with video makers. So I've got 35 songs. You want to make a music video? You can use my song. I'll use your video. Now we have an official music video for a Dirt Road Home song. It's a win-win situation. Well, I got to tell you, Canada is, you know, really lucky to have entrepreneurial spirited people like you thinking of new ways of being able to keep the culture of music alive and the things that that make us so unique here in Canada for music. This is just, well, it's blowing my mind right away here. This is awesome stuff. And I knew it was going to be a great interview because when you sent me some of the material there, I was like, I'm not going to ask him anything. I'm just going to let the element of surprise take me over on the air. And you're getting it, folks. Element of surprise is here. <laughs> now, a lot of the success of this program uh, depends on things that I can't control. You know, obviously, first and foremost, either the songs are good enough or they're not. If they are good enough, they're going to draw the right musicians, and the right musicians will draw the right producers and the right promoters, and this can happen. But we also need Canada to buy into this process, and the musicians too. Somebody is going to be the new drummer. Somebody is going to be the lead guitarist, the keyboardist, the bassist. It could be you, but you have to audition. You have to submit those videos. Uh, you know, I know the broadcasting companies are watching right now and they want to see this blow up on social media. If this blows up, then, you know, they'll pick up the broadcasting rights on the series and this thing can be successful. It can be financially viable. So, you know, musicians are getting paid to go play as opposed to the old beat in the pavement and, you know, mm -hmm. just going from gig to gig not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's you know that's that's half the half the battle right there is so many people have had to keep that day job and and then when stuff does start picking up for them in the musical realm, um, they can't really leave the day job because it's exactly. what pays the bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this has this type of project, the way I'm approaching it, has the potential to create income very quickly. Again, if the songs are good enough. Um, because the traditional way of doing it, Kijiji, local, just not cutting it in today's day and age. No, and, it, you know, you get it's everything is buried so quickly. Like, you know, it, it just and people are it's mistrustful. Yeah. And people are mistrustful. I mean, when you post something on Kijiji or whatnot, you're everybody's saying, is that a scam? You know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, 
that musicians, you know, a lot of us are protective, uh, especially if we have a good drummer in our back pocket. Yeah. I would encourage you, if you are a musician and you know about this opportunity, please share it with other musicians because somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that wants to do this. I tell you, if I was a drummer, I'd be wanting to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Carla, the position for the lead vocalist is already taken. (laughs) I, I, I took a very valuable lesson from a famous Hollywood actor. He wrote an amazing script, and he chopped it around to different companies. And they said, yeah, we'll buy this story. And he said, but I'm going to be the lead actor. And they all turned him down. And he held to his script and his belief. And then he did make the Rocky movie. Yeah, yeah, see, there you so, go. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm holding to it. I believe in the quality of the songs. I believe in the quality of my musicianship. I know that I will be the worst musician in the band going to surround myself with some really phenomenally talented people whether you're a 16 year old prodigy or you're 60 years old and road worn i don't care if you've got a great personality and we have some chemistry and you can pull off the songs you like the songs we've got a deal that's so important isn't it though is it's the chemistry and the camaraderie that that's built between musicians because that translates over to the audience when they're listening it does that was one of the hardest aspects to let go. When you work with musicians locally, um, or when I was a you know teenager, you had a band with your best friends, people that you've grown up with, people that you know, uh, people that run in the same circles as you. I have to leave all that behind now as I go across, clear across Canada to meet people that I that don't know. But what I do know is they're musicians, and musicians are usually pretty good people. So They certainly are. i I got to <laughs> say, my Facebook would be very small if it wasn't for the fact that 99.99% are all musicians. <laughs> That's true. Same thing with Dirt Road Home. Uh, most of the fan base, I know the songs are good because most of the fans there are musicians themselves. Exactly. Now, uh, that brings me to a question. When you say going across country, now mm-hmm. I know other people are going to be thinking the same thing, so I'll ask it for them. How are you going to pay for that? That sounds like an expensive endeavor because Canada is big, it's broad, and it's not cheap to cross. It is incredibly expensive. I anticipate that the fuel bill alone could be up to $20,000. I don't doubt it. Um, You know, the universe has pointed me in this direction for a reason. It's presented me with opportunities I've never had. This could never have happened at any other point in my life. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep pushing forward until there's a barrier so large that I can't push it out of the way or go over it or around it. But I'll tell you, I'm really experienced in climbing and going around things and digging. So I'm going to find my way to make this happen. The more Canada buys into it, the more support I'm going to get. Um, You know, simply enough, you could, um, you know, Purchase some of the music for every CD that I sell online. That's that's money that can go directly into the gas tank. Um, I'm also selling, Carla, uh, a limited edition VIP membership. This is a one-time $25 membership to the Dirt Road Homies. You get all three album downloads. You get the EP, which is a collector's item. And you also get every future commercial release of Dirt Road Home all for that one-time donation of $25. Awesome. Now, how long are you going to be running that? I'm going to run that until we uh, well, uh, until we sell 1,000 VIP memberships. You heard that, folks. Get out there and get doing it. Now, where can they go and get that from you? Uh, Dirt Road Home has their own website, www.dirtroadhome.info. And there you'll see we have a store. Uh, you can pick up some collectibles, uh, any music that you want. Also, all of the music is available for free for download. Enjoy. Listen. If you like it, share it, please. And that's the same site that they can go and uh, get the demos from as well? That is true. Uh, yep. Log on to our website. Uh, look for the tab that says backing tracks. Download the track. Practice. Record. Send it. Now, are you taking tambourine players by chance? <laughs> I'm not taking tambourine players, no. But, you know, I'm going to come up your way uh, in not too long, uh, well, at least up to New Brunswick, to look for uh, for an RV. That's next. You know, I've got to upgrade my driver's license to a commercial driver's license. Uh, aggressive media blitz. More backing tracks. If you don't see the backing track you are looking for, 
send me an email. I'll make that song the next priority to make sure your backing track is available. Well, this is just, this is phenomenal. And you're planning to leave, you said, in June-ish, July, around that time? Uh, July, yeah. I've booked a show on July 6th at the Smoke and Rock and Blues Festival in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Um, so I'll start my auditioning process there, and then it's uh, putting some miles between me and home. Now, are you going to be playing gigs on the way out? I am going to be playing gigs. I'm asking, uh, you know, venues or just music lovers, if you want to help support this tour, The Man Without a Band, uh, book me into your venue. I'll come in and do a, you know, a solo show. Uh, book me into your house for a house concert. Nice, personable. I'll come over to your campfire and play. In fact, I'd really like to come to your campfire and play. <laughs> Not from Nova Scotia or nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Yep, so I'm going to be playing my way across the country, and, you know, if I run out of gas, you could see me busking on the corner of your local Wanda McQuaid. Well, you know, you've got a, you got a spot here in Brampton, Ontario, you know, uh, free. You can come and chill out and stay here, water up the horse on uh, on your way uh, that way. I'm pointing with to the left of me. <laughs> on your way to Western Canada. <laughs> well, you know that's a, that's a big help, you know, for other musicians that are out there. Uh, you know, I'm just looking to tap into the music scene, but also looking for a quiet place to park my RV some night. Uh, you know, plug it in, run my garden house, have a hot shower, and uh, and do some video production as I'm going across. It's going to be quite a challenge, but it's going to be. Um, I wish I was like a little fly on the wall to watch you do what you're going to be doing. I know you're going to be you know, recording this and you're going to get uh, snippets of it, but it would also be yes. nice to have a fly to watch the fly. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think the most interesting would be the dashboard cam and you hear my uh, explicitives as I'm driving through, you know, <laughs> Montreal or, or, you know, I'm a country boy and I'll be driving a big bus. So. Oh my God. I'm just sweating <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> but I'll do anything it takes to make this a reality, to make it happen. I believe in me. I believe in the music. My wife believes in me and I don't need any more than that. No, that's true. If you have the support, you can do anything. And, and a lot of people have asked me like, how come, like, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm crazy, but we're definitely crazy. Absolutely. And you know, it is. If you've got just a little bit of support, that's a, that's all you need to basically climb that mountain. Like you said, just move obstacles out of, out of your way. If it doesn't work today, that doesn't mean it's not going to work. It just means the timing's not yet here. Yeah. And if Hollywood has told us anything, it's, you know, when you're willing to lay it all on the line and just give it to your dream, uh, that's when amazing things happen. And do we see those inspirational stories all over the place. Absolutely. One of those inspirational stories. Now, I'm going to play another one of your songs here. And then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more. But uh, this one has a featured artist on it, Frosty Winter. Now, is that you under yes. another name? That is not me <laughs> under another name. Uh, no, Frosty was a member of the initial uh, Dirt Road Home. Uh, I was together with those guys for, you know, two years. But it was the same idea. Kids, divorces, houses, jobs, everything that can pull an emerging band apart happened. Um, so Frosty, very talented guitar player, uh, doing some work on this uh, demo for me. You know, I'm still great friends with all the guys. It didn't work out. Now it's time for a new approach. All right. So here we go, folks. Here is Wheel Tuggin' by Dirt Road Home.
All right, we are back with Barry Awesome. Hello. <laughs> From the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia. And we're talking about the project that he is uh, about to, well, he's actually started it. Um, and he's getting ready to uh, kick her down and engage fully in this wonderful new project, which is A Man Without a Band. And he is going across the country. Um, he's asking people, uh, musicians, to go to the website Check out the demos, practice, send videos and recordings. And uh, he's going to be meeting with you and talking with you to see if you guys mesh. And uh, quite the project, at Barry. It's really awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm really enjoying the process. You know, as stressful as it is to think about how my life is going to be changing, you know, leaving home for extended periods of time, being apart from my wife, very difficult. Uh, I'm really excited about where the music is going to go because there's nothing like when a song has five distinct musicians all with their different characteristics uh -huh. and nuances. That music can evolve into something that you've just never possibly could have done by yourself. Uh, unfortunately, when I recorded the last three albums, which I did in January, February, March, uh, I've released them all independently. You know, those are just, they're good songs, but... They're not what they could be, and that's why I need to find a band. Exactly. Now, um, what did you did you did you did you do like the rest of the boys from from Dirt Road Home? Um, did you have the day job that was trying to drag you down? Oh my goodness, Carla! When I was seventeen, I had every aspiration of just going out and being a rocker. Um, the worst thing I did was follow my parents' advice, and I went to post-secondary education, got a career, made music my hobby, and uh, yeah, I've been affected by the marriages, the divorces, the building houses, this, the moving. Um, I don't regret any of that. I've gotten a lot of great songs out of that. I often say, yeah, that's a good song. Only cost me a house and a marriage. Um, Love it. So, yeah, I've been, you know, pitfall to all those traps. But right now I'm in a really fantastic uh, point in my life in terms of support and health. And just I've got enough giver left in me to make this happen. So this is why it's happening now. What was the turning point, point that, that made you just, you know, like go from trying all those things trying to fit into like i i say music us musicians we we try to fit into the what what is called the normal society but it kills us inside mm -hmm. what was that turning point for you do you remember if there was a defining moment that you said okay i have to live my authentic self because this isn't working you know i've yeah i'm gonna say a I've been a contract worker for most of my career. I've worked in the helping professions as a, oh, I've been a GED instructor, adult upgrading, um, a career practitioner. I've done a lot of one-on-one -on -one support with adults with physical and intellectual disabilities. So I've always been heavily involved in helping other people improve their lives. You know, as a career counselor, I would tell people, you know, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. There's no reason you can't do this if you're willing to work hard enough. But yet I still had the day job. <laughs> didn't have the right I didn't have the right group of guys always trying to draw locally from the local pool of musicians and unfortunately not enough people to be able to collaborate with the right chemistry or the right availability so that's what led to all of this when did I come to the conclusion um, it was when I was demoing those 30 songs I just realized there's too many good songs there that need to be published and I would love to play them for the rest of my life Absolutely. You know, it's, I'm just kind of giggling here because you're the career counselor. I know. Isn't that wild how life works? Now, to authenticate the process, I did go to a career practitioner uh, back in January and started the process of what type of career would be most suitable for me. Uh, you know, I've done all this personally, but the process itself of going through the assessments and they keep coming back, say, OK, you're a writer, you're an actor. You're a performer. And I'm like, okay, it's here in black and white. We can't argue with this. That, that you know, <laughs> I'm getting a little hyper here, but that, isn't that the truth? Like you think, okay, well, you know, I'm going to try to go and get assessed to see what I'd be good at. That's what happened to me too. I did the same thing, Barry, and guess what came up? Communications. And I'm like, Perfect. well, heck, I'm already doing it in music. I was a journalist for 12 years, print print journalism 
I was into photography. And when you look at all of those things, they're all about communicating something, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I gave so, up at trying know, to be normal. I just gave those up. Those assessments can be incredibly, you know, insightful if used properly. That's that's right. Now you said <laughs> you've got children. Are your children grown? My kids are all grown up. Uh, so you know, another. T- Again, this is the only point in my life when I think this is a really a viable option for me. Now, are they following in your footstep, any of your children, like following the no, musical path? No, 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 none of them are musicians. Uh, my oldest boy, Red, well, he, you know, he likes to do the wander about Canada, world travel kind of stuff. Uh, so we're a lot alike in that regards, but no musicians in the family, unfortunately. Well, I wonder why. Do you have a theory on that? Um, no theory, so I just ended up marrying myself a beautiful singer. <laughs> smart man, smart man. Definitely. So, um, oh, there was, I was going to say, ask you something. Were, were you, oh yeah, were you um, involved in that music scene in Nova Scotia back in the blues days when, you know, Sam Moon and uh, Dutchie Mason and those guys were hitting it hard were were you involved at that point in time in the music scene as well i don't know if you, you can see me uh, through this skype call but i'm not quite that old no i was just jumping into the blues scene as dutchy was finishing and garrett was taking over uh charlie acor matt anderson were just starting to emerge okay yeah. uh, so that, that's when i was the most active in the in the music scene in nova scotia uh but then i came to a conclusion uh, at one point that I'm never going to be content playing cover songs night after night after night. Uh, I don't want to play Brown Eyed Girl. I don't want to play all the bar standards. I don't even want to play Hoochie Coochie every night for the rest of my life. Um, But what I did want to do was play my originals. So I decided that, yes, I will only focus on originals from this point forward. And so far, it's been a 10-year journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew you were probably not that old, but that I, I, because I certainly wasn't either. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite gorgeous without any grace. No, I'm just. <laughs> but I remember that scene, and I remember it influencing me, um, despite the fact I didn't really partake in it, and I wasn't playing a lot of music at the time. But uh, I remember the older generation people that I was hanging out with and I did hang out with an older generation. I loved the older generation. They knew stuff that I didn't know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I'd even go to their house parties because they had more interesting house parties. (laughs) Mm. But I remember that scene in Nova Scotia and being from New Brunswick, I felt so far apart from what was happening in Nova Scotia. And it seemed to be something going on that, uh, was untouchable and totally far away from me. So this whole concept of what you're talking about, being able to take the technology that we have today and not be burdened by that. um, It's not really a closed mindedness, but it's closed borders because you can't get past your locality. It's the mentality of it. It's the, uh, the thought of it. And a lot of musicians are still saying, oh, I would love to jam, but you're an hour away. Yeah, uh, you know, there's this thing about the distance, and I'm gonna try. I'm taking that concept right out of the equation. The distance is irrelevant now that we have these communication devices that allow us to, to communicate pretty much spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And when I think about it, the only time that I need to be together with you know the people in the band is when we're rehearsing for a tour or when we're on tour. Other than that, I couldn't care where you live. Exactly. Do you find that there's a strange mentality back home that an hour away seems to be like a day's drive for people? Yes. You know, the last group I played with, the last guys, we came from three different counties every week to rehearse. You know, that's dedication of some really high high caliber musicians. Um, But even that's hard to sustain on the pocketbook. When you're, you know, working a day job and yeah. and you're trying to make ends meet and pay for gear and it's a never-ending cycle. That's for sure. Percent of bands never make it past that point. Uh, again, I'm trying to take all of that out of the equation. And I We're think you're going to be successful and go national. Yeah, and I th- I think you will be successful. I think a lot of today's things that that's that's happening, it's really based on you know. Uh, I loved what you said about. Um, I, I don't know if we were on air or off air. But I want to touch on on this one last point before we start wrap up is that you 
educated yourself like those tracks that we were listening to you went to youtube school and you learned how to do it that's right you know and it's the first time that this is a possibility for emerging musicians to do the process themselves you already have the technology in your home i started with an ipad and garage band to demo songs that gave me an idea about the arrangements and you know these songs are damn good well then it came to the point of, well, what software are they using? So I bought an iMac, and I bought the exact same software that they're using in professional recording studios. Well, of course, I don't know how to use it, but oh, YouTube. Now I'm taking master classes with engineers that have won Grammys, and I'm getting five and six and seven different opinions on how to do things, and I'm coming up with my own conclusions of how I can approach this and apply it to my music. So now I've, I've recorded, I've uh, produced and engineered my album, uh, I've mixed it, I've mastered it, I've taken it and I've embedded it and registered it and copyrighted it, all from one end to the final completion of releasing this on 200 streaming platforms all across the world. This is the first time that's possible, and I've just saved myself forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Absolutely. Now, that brings me in. I always like to ask artists um, a little bit of advice to give to other artists out there that may be new and starting up or maybe into it for a while and still lost like you know it happens what can you tell us in advice um, what it is for one and how does one go about it number two and that is publishing the difference between publishing and copyright and registering with SOCAN because there's confusion oh, about that. Oh, there, there sure is. And it really is a, a, a confusing aspect of the business. And it's intimidating because if you screw it up, you could lose the rights to all your songs. And, and that's one of the things that you need to maintain if you're an emerging artist and you are writing original material. Your songs are your greatest asset. Hold on to your publishing rights. Um, in order to make sure you get paid for your music while you put it online, uh, all you have to do is register a MP3 recording or a demo of that song with uh, BDS Radio uh, Nielsen Broadcasting. And uh, then if that song is played somewhere, that gets tracked. And then you'll get paid royalties for people playing or using your, your original creation. Um, also remember SoCan. Now what SoCan does is they collect my royalties for me. Uh, Nielsen will say how many plays I've gotten from how many different uh, streaming or online or radio uh, plays. SoCan collects that information and they pay out the dividends. So uh, SoCan collects money from anybody who uses recorded music or live performances in their venue or place of business. You have a coffee shop, you have music on in the background, the radio, you play a, uh, pay a yearly licensing fee. So SoCan, I believe, collected about $300 million last year. There's only 150,000 registered recording SoCan artists in Canada. So, of course, Brian Adams and April Wine, you know, well, they take the majority of the royalties because they get the majority of the airplay. Uh, but, you know, that $300 million gets split up against the people who've had their songs played. Absolutely. And that, that you explained that so perfectly for people. And thank you for that. Now, in copyright, is that through, is it, do you do something different in copyright than you would that just like registering with SOCAN? Is there, no. it's just, that's what it is, right? Right. Well, no, copyright is a really simple thing. As soon as you've created an original work and you've committed that, that to paper or um, music, if you've recorded it, it is copyrighted. You have a way to prove that that's an original and that it was conceived by this specific date. You can use that as your copyright. Uh, going to SOCAN just gives you that one step up. Now it's officially registered with a national organization that's willing to act on your behalf. Absolutely. And I think that's what was confusing artists because when they hear that word copyright, they think there's another step that needs to be done. But copyright in Canada is pretty simple and straightforward, just exactly how you explained that. Now, I, man, I'd like to get into so much more of this with you, but uh, um, we're getting short on time. So I want to make sure that everybody that's listening here tonight and that will listen, and I will tell you, we are uh, recording this. So this, will, this show will be available on 10 platforms, including any Apple, um, Google, oh my goodness, Anchor. It's all over the place. So you will be able to hear it. You could Listen, go to H. Like, share. 
Oh, yes. And like it and share and make sure that people get to get this message out because it's very important right now in our industry that we have people like Barry that is stepping up and being creative in music. So go to hgbroadcasting.com, bookmark it, remember it, because that's where it's going to go up so that you will be able to hear it and share it anytime. And um, one other thing, Barry, can you tell us one more time how to get a hold of you, your webpage, and uh, anything else that might be pertinent that uh, we, we forgot to cover? You can listen on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, you can go to my website, which is the main hub for Dirt Road Home, www.dirtroadhome.info, I-N-F-O. There you're going to find uh, you know, all of the albums, all of the songs. You can download them for free if you wish, or you can make a, a generous donation if you'd like to download the album. Or, uh, you know, there's again, there's the VIP pass. Uh, that would be very helpful in helping to fill the gas tank on the RV as we're rolling out. If you know any filmmakers, if you know any musicians, you know, listen, like, share. Just help us get the word out there. And uh, if you want to get hold of me, go through the website. Awesome. And Barry, I just give you a, give you complete permission to go ahead and post whatever you can on our social media page, and we will pass it around and continue to uh, uh, promote it so that people can continuously be aware. So feel free to go ahead and do that. And you, um, it's, it's, that's the reason why this project will be successful is support, you know, it, from grassroots people just like you. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you being with me here tonight on Carla's Coffee House. And I know we've got about 10 minutes left, but I got some announcements that I've got to go through. But just before you hit the road, maybe we can hook up again. Or if you're coming through Brampton, maybe we can get you in studio for a while or even a phone Definitely. call like this and see how yes. you're progressing. Yeah, well, listen, as soon as, just before I take off on the Endeavor, uh, let's chat again, and then I'll make sure that we have a pitch stop, you and I can uh, do a live jam for the web series. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much again for joining us. You have been listening to Carla's Coffee House with the man without a band who is going to be heading across country. Don't forget to check our website, hgbroadcasting.com. About an hour after the show, that link will be up for you. All right, Barry, you have a great night, and thank you so much for t uh, coming and joining me on the show. Thank you, Carol. It's been awesome. All right. Good night. Good night. And we are back. We're going to give you another track of Barry's here just before we end the show, and that was with his group, um, Dirt Road Home. I'm just trying right now. I've got a boom on here, and I'm trying to get it out of my way so I can get to my keyboard a little bit easier. <laughs> I'm going to hurt myself. I know I am. Oh, okay. There we go. So I wanted to let you guys know that we are ramping up this summer with Rebel Revolver and De La Para Promotions in the USA. Um, we've got a project coming out of Montreal. Yeah, about Montreal. It's in Quebec, uh, Canada. So we have got a few projects that are going to be coming in, working with us here at uh, HGB Canada and um, I encourage you please start sharing the page more often invite people to the group uh, we got to get the word out about what's happening because there's some big moves coming up and it's very important to um, artists who really do um, they give a lot they give a lot of their time and their talent and believe it or not they are a big reason for an economy for the arts so like help them out and we i've got an announcement about colorado phil colorado phil is going to be exclusively for now anyway on hgb canada every day between 3 p.m and 7 p.m so you gotta tune in and listen to this guy he's great he's he's gonna play you everything under the sun you will hear so much variety of indie music and so much it, it some of this stuff is so good that it's been hitting the charts we do have our own charts here at hgb canada now next week i'm going to be on the road myself traveling so i'm leaving thursday i'm going to be heading for a gig and i got to get some business done in the province man i got to get some business done 
So I will not be as available. So Tuesday night's going to be my last show for a little bit. Um, we will probably do a replay um, of one of our shows. I'll put it back up for the Sunday and Tuesday night unless things work and I can go live where I'm going and I can broadcast there, which is possible. So everything's kind of up in the air. Don't be upset if you don't hear the show. Come on, think the station went down. That's not the case. It's uh, I've got a I've got a gig to do, and I want to tell you, you can listen in, and watch because you can pay what you want. Go to concert window and look up Carla Bennell and Family Tradition. It's April twenty seventh at. I think we start 9.30 Atlantic time, so that would be uh, 8.30 Eastern time. Uh, we're going all night. So come tune in. Come be a part. And I know the, probably the quality won't be the highest. There's It's very hard Wi-Fi back there. That's why we're not charging the full price for you guys. Just whatever you can afford. Uh, help us out. Help me pay the guys. They're coming up from Nova Scotia to New Brunswick, to pro like another province away. And it's in flood waters right now. The province is flooding. Yes, New Brunswick is underwater. Not as bad as last year at this point. We're hoping that it's the waters settle and start to recede. But we wanted to give you a little heads up about that. So please, please, please tune in. Now, on Tuesday night, if I can open my email, which I've been having trouble doing, because, you know, Microsoft likes to break on me every third month. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I need to get a new computer, probably. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll get that later uh, when I make my millions already and just wait for it to come up. But I believe it is Mississippi Jake. Yes, it is. Mississippi Jake from the U.S. of A. is going to be with us. He plays a little folk, little outlaw country style, and he's going to be with us Tuesday night. All right, let's see here. Do, 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 just to make sure for you guys. Yes, Mississippi Jake. We're going to be here 7 o'clock Eastern, so please support, tune in, and if you aren't able to tune in, go to hgbbroadcasting.com, and you can grab it on the site. All right, folks, going to shut her down now, going to take it out with Dirt Road Home, um, go to the website, um, and go to our uh, social media pages, that's where we'll post uh, Man Without a Band, so that you can demo right with these jeepers man if i could play an instrument you know i'd be doing it too i mean i do but not good enough to be in a rock band anymore <laughs> go go there and get signed up go go practice hear the demos and uh, get involved in this canadians come on you can do it you can do it let's get the fire going across this country and we're going to say good night thank you so much for joining us here on hgb canada here's dirt road home with results may vary.